Hello, you're listening to the podcast series Borderlands of the Mind, brought to you by CAWI, the Canadian Advisory of Women Immigrants. I am Isabel Kakish, a second-generation Jordanian-American immigrant. And I'm Roma Ranade, a second-generation Indian immigrant. CAWI is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the mission of empowering women immigrants in all aspects of life, including healthcare, employment, social networking, and educational opportunities. This series centers on the broad theme of raising awareness about various underrated issues women face in society today. This episode will tackle the topic of mental health from a first-generation immigrant's perspective. Typically, mental health has a stigma around it in the immigrant community, and we wanted to provide a space to hear immigrant stories on this topic. So today, our guest is Stacy. So- Hello, everyone. My name is Stacy. <laughs> I'm 21 years old. I'm from Vancouver, BC, and I'm a first-generation Russian immigrant. Um, moving into like mental health, um, how would you describe your experience with mental health before moving to Canada? Uh, so I was 15 years old when I moved here, and I think it's like safe to say that I just didn't know what the aspect of mental health was before moving here, and even probably up until a year of already living here. Um, no one in my circle really expressed what they're going through or even openly talked about it. So um, I didn't really know what it was. And I remember the first time where I actually kind of understood that it was a concept and it was actually happening to a lot of people. It was in grade 12 here, where in the end of my uh, grade 12, in the English class, we had this assignment where we had to um, like show and do a little show and tell and like bring a little object Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're passionate about something that speaks up to you. And I don't remember what I, (laughs) I don't remember what I brought to class, probably was something dumb, like earphones or something, (laughs) but there was this girl who brought her anxiety pills and she talked about her anxiety. And it was just so fascinating to me that someone was talking about this, you know, it was very interesting and I just I remember some things that she described I felt that like whoa that is this what it's called because that's been happening to me and Mm -hmm. I was I was really appreciative that I got to hear that that day and ever since then I was kind of you know learning more and more about mental health so Mm -hmm. did you move here like right at the beginning of high school I moved here and I went to grade 11 right away. It was actually really funny because I finished, I finished nine grades back to Kazakhstan. And when I got here, we had so many classes, like, you know, it's (laughs) compared to what kids have here. I feel like we had seven, eight classes per day, every day. And so when I got here, the principal in my school looked at like all the classes that I've completed and he was like oh my god you need to go to grade 11 so I practically (laughs) skipped grade 10 and I went to grade 11 I'm not that smart but (laughs) just because I had so many classes so yeah in the beginning of high school yeah I feel like high school is a time when it you definitely start thinking more about mental health because Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it's, it's more talked about too and you start to kind of identify what you're going through if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Because before that, like, maybe now that everyone is more aware of mental health matters, like even kids, my mom works in middle school. So like, she kind of talks about kids, even that young, 
are having like more of a chance to learn about mental health, which is interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's amazing that it's been happening right now. And yeah, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to do with the community. Uh, it's just it's just age, right? It's like growing up. I remember uh, yeah. in like grade five or six, like kids in my grade randomly started overusing the word oh I'm depressed oh I'm mm -hmm. depressed and like you know they would kind of say it as a joke and we would all say it even me because I didn't I generally know what it meant so I thought it just meant like oh I'm upset right. people would literally be like oh I failed my test I'm depressed and mm -hmm. it's just interesting because like where that word came from because no one really talked about it not on the tv not on any shows that I watched as a kid even like yeah. watch shows with my parents no one talked about mental health you know, so it's just interesting. And I think another thing about the age thing is like you start to be able to like label it. Like I know mm -hmm. probably for me personally and probably other people too, it's something that like definitely came before high school, like any like anxiety or things like that. Yeah. But there was no like no access to like someone who could put a label on it. And I think like with that comes a lot of knowledge, um, mm -hmm. which is, is helpful for taking next steps, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's important that um, they start talking about it at a young, younger age, because we learn about what, like, like sexual health things. Like, I remember learning about, like, AIDS and HIV in fifth grade, and then we didn't talk about, like, mental health things till, I don't know if we even, like, we barely did in high school, so... You know what's yeah. interesting? We didn't like, because uh, we didn't have sex ed class back to Kazakhstan. Really? I don't think it was really? really appropriate for them to talk about it. Or that's how I, they saw it. I remember them probably also in grade five having mm -hmm. like a period talk with all the girls and they're like, okay, yeah. boys have to go to the gym. You guys got to talk about your health and they separated us. And so they told us about like periods, but no, we never actually had like a sex ed class. So I remember when I came here and in planning, in planning class, like this guy came and he started like, telling us about condoms and like protection and stuff. I was like, yeah. oh, they do that in schools? Interesting. <laughs> Do you think that's like a cultural thing or that's just like a part of the education system where it's like taboo to talk about sex or like sexual I think health? I think it's both to be honest mm -hmm. because uh yeah it is both now that I think about it yeah okay so <laughs> more about immigration what was your experience okay. like um like in terms of how it affected you moving like such a big change at such a young mm -hmm. age. Um, do you think mm -hmm. that that changed anything within you or um, like uh, any culture shocks or anything like that, that really had a lasting effect on you? Well, yeah, it was a definitely a big step in my life. And surprisingly, like I, before moving during, uh, I, b during grade seven, uh, I've been bullied a lot just during that one year and I remember that completely killing my confidence before that like it was fine I was able to make friends I was just like a very talkative person but just that one year completely destroyed my confidence and I remember for the next couple of years it just kind of like it was kind of going uphill and surprisingly for me moving to a new country was 
had like an amazing positive impact on me like it was a a complete fresh start if I can say that Mm -hmm. um I I changed a lot of schools when I was young I probably changed around like eight schools so it wasn't like the concept of like going into a new school wasn't new to me but I remember being worried about like before moving like oh my god how am I going to speak to kids in another language you know um, because I was like during that year, during grade seven, when I was bullied, I became extremely quiet. I wouldn't really talk to anyone. I was told that I'm really quiet. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to be really quiet. And I remember being very excited about, you know, leaving the old place, kind of having a fresh start. Um, I wasn't, I was upset, of course, about leaving my close friends behind, left my dad behind, but I don't know, just the feeling of excitement of starting fresh, starting from a new page, like kind of overpowered it. So when I came here, uh, maybe it's the age I came here too, because I was hitting puberty. And Mm -hmm. I think that played a big role um, in just moving, improving my, uh, you know, self-image, improving my confidence, because I came here and somehow I was able to just talk to kids at school somehow, you know, it wasn't really mm-hmm. hard for me anymore. It's almost like it's easier to talk to people here and it's easier to talk to people in English than it is in Russian, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was great. I became, uh, more talkative. I became, you know, I started liking myself more. Because I kind of abandoned my old gross habits and stuff. So, you know, it was just generally, I think it was very good. And the whole moving experience was very positive for me and my family. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I feel like you don't always hear that with moving. Like, Mm -hmm. especially, I I mean, I haven't talked to that many, like, first-generation immigrants that are just moving to America or Canada right away. But um, I know that it's definitely a hard adjustment but it's good to hear that it was so positive for you and that it was like a fresh start because especially at that age I feel like it could be harder too that like Uh you're going to grade 11 like I don't know high school just is like a hard time to like transition into for sure yeah I remember being nervous Mm -hmm. but just on that Mm -hmm. first day I feel like I had like an emergency mode on like I came to school (laughs) I went to the wrong classroom right away but I made a friend in the wrong classroom and so it was just like it all worked out really nicely and I yeah I remember I of course I remember being nervous about like how is it all gonna go but it all happened so fast that I didn't really get to think about it and I would say like grade 11 was one of the best like school years of my life yeah so you think moving it was like you completely like were able to create your own identity instead of like having to accept the identity that other people Mm -hmm. kind of imposed on you in a way it yeah it definitely helped me start moving into that direction because that first year was really good and then you know I started going through kind of some issues with my mental health moving onwards um so it definitely started it for me but I'd say over this period of six years that I've been living here I've been constantly working on finding my own identity and right now like it's finally getting to the stage that I'm very happy at you know Mm -hmm. but it was a good kickstart like it was just reboot reboot for me 
mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So when it comes to your, I guess, community or like the culture back home, um, I don't know if you identify like more with Russian culture or, you know, um, so in that sense, do you think that there are like some stigmas around talking about mental health issues with your family back home? Or would you even be like comfortable starting those conversations? Mm -hmm. Because I know like, in a lot of immigrant communities, um, it's seen as like, either not real, or kind of just something you don't really talk about. Um, So have you personally experienced any of this um, with friends back home or family back home, or just like the community as a whole? Mm -hmm. I definitely have seen things happening around me. I've seen, uh, I can think about a couple of acquaintances or friends that I knew their parents, like now that I think about it, I just think that, yeah, their parents were severely mentally ill, but it's not even on their horizon of acknowledging it. You know, they're just, they're just being very toxic to them without Mm -hmm. recognizing it basically. And um, I remember I, 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 and I saw how it was affecting the people around me. I saw it was affecting my friends because for example, like my mom was very, chill with my marks and my school and my mom would let me have like mental health days that's not what we called it like that's what I would call yeah. it now but my, <laughs> if, like if I became I'm, I'm very lucky if I became like tired of school you know like I would be able to have like a one day off like a month or I don't know so and I saw like how mom, my mom was very chill about marks like of course like if I got like straight like f like she wouldn't like she wouldn't be too happy you know but and then I would compare it to like this, these people that I've seen that like their parents are so so strict about it they're not letting them go out and see friends they're not letting them do anything until they finish all their chores until they finish all their homework until they you know play the piano for five hours straight I don't know <laughs> and I, I, I really saw how that I was affecting my friends so I'd say yes and uh, probably the biggest stigma is yeah like that mental health is non-existent kind of in a way you know it's just kind of that um thought that the strongest ones are the ones that survive oh like if you're if you're feeling upset you're just very weak you know and Mm -hmm. um I remember just like every like I said like they wouldn't mention mental health in any tv shows anywhere the only time they would mention it it would be like oh oh, someone is depressed, they belong in psych ward, you know, like, it's just something like that, like, the the extreme, yeah, they would call them crazy, and I remember, like, I would talk to myself a lot as a kid, and I, I don't know, I, I, I I still do, (laughs) and I find it, like, really relaxing, and I think it's a very good thing to do, but I remember, like, everyone in my class were, not because they knew I was doing it, but just at there was like a thing going around like oh if you talk to yourself that just means that you're crazy and I remember those words really hitting me and me like being concerned like oh am I crazy you know mm-hmm. so yeah it's crazy know. how much like oh sorry <laughs> no, no it's crazy how much of an impact like what other people say too has on you because mm-hmm. said, like oh like this is just the, this is the normal and like I must something must be wrong with me if I'm not following this like normal yeah 
yeah of course and i it was it was like a, a straight up saying that teachers would say that kids would say like oh if you talk to yourself it means you're crazy you know and if you ever mentioned that you would talk to yourself yeah like kids would bully you really hard for it so mm-hmm. i was just gonna say i think that another thing that is really damaging is that it's seen as like such an extreme like oh yeah you're, you're like you said like depressed you're going to the psych ward like it's such like a jump or like you're seeing a therapist like you can't handle it for yourself like oh, yeah it's, it's it really gets exaggerated like <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know that therapy existed I straight up like I remember for us saying like oh if you're going if you're if you need like therapy in real life they would say like oh you need you need to go to see a psychologist and it would be such a bad energy around that saying you know like oh you need to you need to go see a psychologist oh she's seeing a psychologist you know like something's wrong yeah it's it's very extreme mm-hmm. yeah And it's like the thing is most people who have any like mental illness are usually pretty like high functioning and like there's like people all around. So it's crazy that that's the way it's portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. And like they could be going through so many things, but it's just all kind of like inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So have you had like any conversations with like since coming to Canada and immigrating with um, any friends back home or family back home about mental health? Or is it kind of just like, not really something that's very talked about or even like with your mom, like, have you seen like moving here, like opening up that dialogue or not as much? Well, let's start with my mom. Cause mm-hmm. uh, my mom's been very supportive of me uh, pretty much on any topic that I would talk to her about. But, um, you know, she would find like a perfect answer. Okay, so I was like before, I was kind of just, you know, getting into a lot of thoughts, into a lot of overthinking. And I started with not, you know, I had that feeling where I didn't necessarily want to share it with my mom. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't because she wouldn't understand, but it was just because like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm going through. You know, I feel like, my mom will think something's wrong with me if I share it with her. So I have a very close friend that I love so much. She is still in Kazakhstan and I, uh, we were together in grades eight and nine and Mm -hmm. we weren't that close in school. We're in the same grade, surprisingly. But as soon as I moved here, we started talking. We were texting each other. Like every time I'd go back from school, uh, I would record, like I'd go through all these new experiences. I would record her a video on my way back home. I would record mm-hmm. at, like an hour's worth of like audios for her to listen to. I feel so bad. <laughs> she had to listen <laughs> to so much of my banter, but uh, she was, she is very supportive. And I can say that like, I could always go to her whenever I had like, a, whenever I had an issue, whenever I didn't really understand what was going on in my head. And then like slowly as the time, and she would always know what to say, like such a wise person. And surprisingly, her mom is completely the opposite way. It's like an example of what I told you earlier about like a parent mm-hmm. that's very strict, that has a lot of issues, but they are probably never gonna acknowledge that. 
So, and my friend Diana, she is just, she's just amazing. But I remember like I started to feel like I was kind of annoying her and it was kind of getting a bit too much, like everything that I was sharing with her. So I was doing a lot of my own overthinking, you know, my own, like, um, yeah, my own thinking. And then I just kind of started being more comfortable with sharing with my mom you know, mm -hmm. just because she was closer and I just understood that, like, there's no way I can annoy her. And so my mom, yeah, my mom, like, when, whenever, you know, I'd ask advice on something from a couple of my friends, like, it would, it would be my mom's advice that I would go with, like, it just feel the most the right one. So uh, pretty much on everything with her, I feel very supported. Maybe besides, uh, all I can think about is, I remember when those thoughts were getting too overbearing you know and I just felt like I couldn't really share it with my mom because I just literally did not want to share it with anyone I knew so I like I remember just telling her like oh like, hey mom I'd like to go see a therapist and uh, she, oh, of course she sh supported me with it she never said no or anything like that but I just remember her being kind of confused like why like why do you need why do you want to go see a therapist like I'm right here I can give you all the advice you need so maybe it was just that like not understanding on her side which I completely understand but yeah and then like with my dad I, I, I talked to my dad but yeah like he also gives me a very good advice just kind of more uh, of like oh you you're feeling sad you probably need to go work out more or something like that you know and I just and it's not like he's completely <laughs> wrong because I know I know it's not like he's completely wrong but um I, I don't know I've been pretty much satisfied with the advice I get from my parents and I've just been feeling very lucky about it uh but to everyone else I probably wouldn't want like my grandparents I probably wouldn't want to start like a mental health conversation with them because mm -hmm. it's just something that is completely unknown for them like mental health is not even a term it's like oh your psychological behavior yeah. I don't know something like mm -hmm. that yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to have a support system and like like what you said like mm -hmm. even I am usually talking to either like my friends or my mom like the most about anything and yeah. it's it's great to have like you don't have to worry about that and even like talking about therapy and stuff like just I don't know I have friends who like go see a therapist and it just it seems so helpful and like it's great that they get to have that resource and I don't know I remember like I had a conversation with my parents about just like therapy in general because I feel like even like what we said like in immigrant households it's not like the word therapy just seems so extreme yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah. So and I was like explaining to them I was like oh yeah like my friends like they see a therapist like they're having like they're really enjoying it and I don't know I was just like oh like it'd be great to like talk to someone else who's not like just like who knows everything about me already like a third you know? person right someone exactly. who can judge from another side yeah it seems like yeah. such a perfect thing yeah, yeah and, and you're just right, like there's... listen to everything you have mm -hmm. to say and I don't and know you don't have to feel bad that... about tiring yeah. them <laughs> exactly and um no even with that conversation like it was interesting to hear their opinions because it's the same kind of thing like they were like confused at first but then they like understood what where I was coming from so uh -huh. yeah no it was, it was interesting 
it's great when you're like it's great when you're able to you know still have a conversation even though they might not fully understand where you're coming from but they're still gonna yeah. listen to you and they're still gonna be like okay yeah whatever but they're still gonna you know <laughs> listen to you I think that's yeah. very important yeah and I think a lot of times when uh, older generations hear therapy they think like something has to be extremely wrong for you to go yeah but it's just like a nice like tools for self-reflection even I know like, right it, yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like such an extreme like you're going through a crisis like it could just be that you just want like someone who's professional to uh look and be neutral and just look at your situation and help you become better able to like take care of yourself yeah I think it's it's very healthy even if you're like you're like you said even if you're not going through anything like a crisis it's very important just on a regular if you're able to like going and seeing a therapist I think I still like just from all the sayings just from all the beliefs that were held about like therapy and psychological health you know (laughs) it's just I, I, I probably still have that thing like, oh, no, I don't need to. I don't need to go, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm kind of uh, scared in a way or I'm mm-hmm. kind of like doubting if I should or not. So I something that that's something that I'm working on. And I, I think therapy is a great thing that everyone should try mm-hmm. whatever state. Yeah. They're in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. definitely just talking um, about so, things. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, just like talking about things or even like, um, I really like to journal personally, because even though Uh it's not like talking to a therapist, but just, I don't know, writing down stuff because you you don't have to tell to anyone, but you're still like getting everything out on paper. And I I don't know, I find that really therapeutic. Like if I'm ever, you know, having a bad day or something, I I just like to write everything down and then it's- No, that's a- yeah. yeah, that's a very, that's a very awesome way to get your thoughts out. I am kind of like more relying on my friends in that way. Like, you know, if mm-hmm. I, if I feel like it's been a lot on my mind, I just feel overwhelmed. I, I really much enjoy like going on a walk and Ta- recording, mm-hmm. recording a tons of audios for my friends. And it's kind of, kind of sad because probably if like my friend was here with me and we went for a walk, I wouldn't be able to say as much as I did. I, I don't know if I would feel the same about having that conversation, but just me recording, like recording my thoughts and like talking about it. And especially I don't feel bad because I can like, I'm, I speak, I speak in Russian. So like, I don't have to worry about people understanding me, even though there are a lot of like (laughs) Russian speaking people living in my neighborhood, but you know, it's just, it's a good way. Like, I feel really bad for my friends I always like let them know sometimes like hey like you don't even have to listen to this only if you only if you have free time you don't even have to listen to this I just needed to let it out and if I were just Mm -hmm. to like record myself on like a voice memo app I'd feel like it's still in my head I'd feel like I'm crazy you know I'd feel like Mm -hmm. oh I'm just talking to myself whereas if I'm recording it for someone even though they're not necessarily going to listen to it it just (laughs) somehow makes more sense I don't understand it but it yeah, that's how I do it now. <laughs> I mean, it's like getting it completely off your chest, you know, when you're telling mm-hmm. it to someone you like love and trust so much, it's like, it's like a release almost. Yeah. I feel the same. Like I always send voice notes to my friends. Like, yeah. It's the greatest invention in chats. Yeah. Like voice memos are the greatest invention. I agree. Especially with like long distance friends. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. 
But you said um, that I thought was interesting that if you were like with your friend, like in person, you don't think you would like mm-hmm. say as much. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Or just because you know, just of how natural natural conversation flows. Like I would be speaking, 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 and it would be kind of unfair for me to ask her, like, "Oh, don't say anything for thirty minutes. Just let me talk." <laughs> you know, it would just be yeah. like a natural conversation where, like, I say something and she responds, and then like maybe something I wanted to say, I wouldn't say it because the conversation would go another way. So I feel like in that way, and it's also I feel like it might be a little selfish of me to just be talking and talking and talking and talking but at least I don't like actually expect expect my friends to listen to the whole thing I feel like it would have been worse if I was getting upset that they're not listening you know it's just it's not even that I'm like want their opinion on it it's like it's someone that I trust like you said someone that I love and trust and I'm like mm-hmm. I know I can send it your way and you can listen to it whenever you want but <laughs> This is just, yeah, what's going on in my mind. But I still very much enjoy to like go, like I have like uh, a close friend that lives like five minutes away from me. And when we go on a walk, I very much enjoy like sharing with her. And that's kind of a different different conversation, right? It would be talking Mm -hmm. about me, talking about her, new thoughts would come Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So it's both great ways, I think. Yeah. You think you've been able to get like, on that deeper level with your friends because of the distance or do you think like that's just more of an age thing just like getting older and like opening up more about different things oh that's an interesting question um I think it might be the first first of all because of the distance maybe like I said like me and the the girl Diana we weren't we were close in high school but she had her own best friend and I had my own best friend you know we're just kind of like nice to each other but like up until maybe a couple of months before I moved, like we started hanging out more and we just like connected better with each other, you know, and we had like a better dynamic. So when I moved like, and, and I guess moving here was also very helpful because you're right, like a long distance, like I suddenly felt the need to talk to her every single day um, rather than like you know, when we were there, we would talk like a couple of times a week when we'd see each other, you know? And yeah, the age thing, I think I have actually haven't thought about that, but I think, yeah, just because you're growing older and you're getting more comfortable talking about certain things and here the distant thing comes like maybe if you're in person with someone personally, like I might be kind of awkward to talk about certain topics where if, where if I'm just like over Zoom or a Skype, you know, Skype call or just like a voice message, I can probably say more. More. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you still close with um, your friends from back home? Just this one girl. And Mm -hmm. it's actually, we're actually been like (laughs) sailing apart more and more, which I was upset about, but it's okay now. She, Mm -hmm. she has her life together. She has a job now, so (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) You know, but yeah, like I had before moving, I probably had like seven, like very, very close friends that I met all of them through changing different schools. Like I said, I changed like eight schools and from pretty much every school I go to, I make like one very good friend that I like keep Mm -hmm. in contact with. And yeah, out of all of them, I kind of slowly only started talking to Diana like more and more. And which is funny because I only met her. I knew her for the 
shorter amount of time comparing to all my other friends if that makes sense mm -hmm. but I still I still do talk to her I still like after work I'd like to still like record a couple of voice messages and she's much busier and busier now so she of course like she doesn't listen to them as often we kind of mm -hmm. rarely talk but you know it's that kind of friendship where whenever like if I really need her or she really needs me we can just call and like hey Rekindle I want to talk it. to yeah. you yeah and it kind of yeah. feels like oh we didn't really stop talking it's kind of on the same level mm -hmm. I feel like that's the thing with growing up too is that now that like we're both also in college that like those friends from home it's hard like you're you have your two separate lives uh -huh. so like trying to keep in contact with everybody is obviously impossible but it's good it's that harder you... to relate to them right too because like yeah, you all are going you're... if you're in college like kids around you have similar interests with you exactly and your friends from home they're drifting in another direction and you're still mm -hmm. night like you're still loving them and supporting them but it's just it's different yeah. now it's different mm -hmm. but it's, it's good that you still try to like keep that contact and I feel like even though like those close friends you're you can just call them up and like it's gonna be like normal so. Yeah, I really, I, I really miss her. I really hope, like, when this COVID thing, like, when the traveling gets allowed, yeah. you know, uh, I'll be able to go back because I haven't been back ever since mm -hmm. I moved here. So I haven't seen her or my dad for like six years, which is really oh like it God. sounds crazy when I say it out loud, yeah. you know. But I'd love to. I'd love to do that in the mm -hmm. future. Wow. Kind of along with that. Um, how have you been feeling about like with COVID and everything? Because I know that a lot of people like mental health has definitely been like a big factor with COVID, like just everyone being kind of isolated. So like, how have you been feeling with that? Uh, yeah, like first, first, I remember before the first lockdown that happened, we were supposed to go to LA, like with my mom and her boyfriends, uh, like her boyfriend, you know, and we just we're gonna enjoy like I I was so excited for that trip I bought almost mm -hmm. everything and then like things just canceled in one day and of course it was like a big yeah. hit for me and then like other things started canceling and it was just kind of like you, you you guys know what I'm talking about. it was kind of like an apocalypse oh, yeah. of things coming <laughs> all together and you're like don't know when it's gonna end and so at, during that time yeah it was it was pretty bad I I, don't, I, I didn't really do much but I still tried to like because we're still allowed to like go outside so I still try to go, mm -hmm. go on walks and stuff and because it was like summer right so I like it was right. it really helped that actually the time of the year was coming closer to a summer because mm -hmm. you know the weather was more on a brighter side more on a <laughs> yeah. positive like I just I love like walking around in sun and also I think the fact that I didn't really have to see people, other people anymore, and I just got to spend a lot of time by myself, kind of like renewed that process of me finding out my identity. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I think, I think it both played like, uh, it's probably gonna sound crazy, but I'm kind of like thankful that like it happened, you know, just because I wouldn't be where I am right now, you know? Mm -hmm. I completely yeah, I agree with that. Totally relate to that. Like, I feel like it really forced me to have to start journaling and like have to start mm -hmm. like, like kind of counting on myself more than I ever yeah. had before. Because like, there's no yeah. one else around for the most part, mm -hmm. you know. And everyone's kind of dealing with their own things in their own ways. So it really kind of forces you to just like be there for yourself. And I had never really experienced that before. So 
in a way like I, I I understand what you're saying it is kind of like a curse in a lot of ways but like there is definitely a bright side and like a blessing to some of it for sure yeah yeah and uh you said being there for yourself and I think that's one of the most important things we can do it's great being there for people and helping your close friends helping people in general but I think the most important thing is helping yourself and treating yourself as if you're your best friend and that's mm-hmm. something I, I don't think I was ever good at hanging out by myself you know I even as a kid I always like I always needed people around me I, I couldn't really play any games and unless I had like a friend over at my house and I just remember like probably one of the other things that made it kind of easier for me like to leave like my home friends behind was because some of these kids that were like in my backyard that we would go outside and play together outside I started like kind of branching off from them and we kind of started to have more and more arguments with each other and like first like that really hurt me and I didn't understand what was happening but then there was kind of like a little shift you know where I'm like you know what I don't I don't really care that much I can just spend Mm -hmm. time by myself I can just do something by myself and I think I might not always remember it right now Mm -hmm. but that's something that's definitely I'm working on is like being your own best friends being there for yourself always yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, no I'm the same way with like needing people all the time to like like being like oh like I can't go and like sit in a cafe by myself like I need my friend to come with me just like little things too um but it's been like the alone time has definitely been good in that sense that you just like this like the identity thing that you said too just like finding yourself as cheesy as that sounds but it's definitely finding the things that you care about right because like when you hang out with your friends a lot you guys have to like compromise on what we want to do what's the activity we're going (laughs) to do but when you're by yourself and you do even that activity that maybe you've did with your friends before and you're like what is this it's so weird so you just kind of like understand yourself better like do yeah. what you like to do yeah yes exactly. I feel like a lot of the times growing up I didn't even know what I like to do because like you said mm-hmm. I, I was a part of a big family there was always people around and it was always compromises I really like how you put that like it's always yeah. kind of compromises which is not a bad thing but it, it it's not what you you truly like so mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that's that's very interesting like how was it for you because like I am the only child and I always like feel jealous of kids with siblings even though people are like oh I hate my siblings I know I know you don't (laughs) you know it's like I've always been kind of forced to be by myself so this is not that much different for me you know but like as someone from a bigger family how was it for you to just kind of have to isolate it was weird so I have four sisters and there was like oh, wow. the, the five the five of us are <laughs> always um like there's always just someone around you know like yeah us, like there would always be someone or it's just you know there's always something going on always like something you could be doing um and so it's obviously not as big of a move for me but when I moved I'm originally from Michigan and so I moved to Montreal last year and that was a huge change because for the first time I was like actually by myself like even though of course you know you're by yourself day to day sometimes it wasn't the same because I always like felt like there was 
like someone to come home to or like mm-hmm. there would be someone at my house and so it was a huge adjustment for me just to like like be forced to be alone I, I never grew up like that so it was it was weird and I COVID definitely like like helped me grow stronger in that I think mm-hmm. like that used to scare me being alone and not having like someone always around or someone always in the house but um I think like just from having so much time to have self-reflection I've really like come to see it as a positive because now I'm like for the first time kind of discovering myself and not like this not like like how you were saying earlier that um, what other people think of you really like Uh shapes your identity I -hmm. definitely felt that you know, what my family thought of me was who I was. And I'm learning now that isn't necessarily always the case. So it was, it was a big yeah. adjustment, but yeah, it's, it's a kind of a cool thing to work through. Like, cause you, even though it's definitely not the same as you, like completely starting fresh, yeah. like I did feel like I, I was kind of starting fresh in a way, but on a much smaller yeah, scale. Yeah. Well, it was obviously. a new, it was a new thing for you. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, um forcing yourself to come out of your comfort zone but you're also creating your comfort zone around (laughs) yourself by yourself but yeah yeah it was a it was a big change but definitely I'm sure you can relate to this it's like it makes you more resilient to like kind of have to start and become your own person yeah yeah it also hit at a time for us where we're in college and that like we're also like that level of finding ourselves with like at least for me like figuring out what like classes and like the academic side of things but then also like the personal side of things so it's definitely like a double double hit (laughs) you have to you have to find the balance right to like yeah just pursue what you want to like pursue your goals in the future, but also taking care of like, hey, my interests, I'm also sparing mm-hmm. some time for my interests. And that's, that can be very hard if you're in college and you're taking a lot of classes. And I'm always like very like fascinated and like just, yeah, the people that are able to balance those two things, the education and their, you know, their own mental health, you know. Mm-hmm. One more question I wanted to ask was um do you feel that being with people of the same culture or who speak the same language as you um helps your mental health or like talking to people back home or just like feeling Mm -hmm. that like sense of deep identity that comes from like feeling you belong in a community do you think that is something Mm -hmm. that helps you yes definitely I just feel like you know I have two separate lives if I can say that you know Mm -hmm. I can understand two languages right so maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like tired of speaking English all day I'm tired of like the way that things are here even though I love the thing the way that things are here but it's just you know it's still a new thing to me right it's still not where I was born so when I get tired of that I can just easily like walk home and listen to Russian music and like I can swear in Russian you know it's just like it makes me almost feel like it's my own second house it's like I have two homes where one of them is like yeah I have 
a lot of amazing new like English speaking friends that you know we have all these different experiences with I work I like I go uh, I, when I went to school I would be like yeah like I go to school but then if I get tired from that I can just go home and I can always talk about some other things from the mm-hmm. other you know the other side of the earth that are like oh like some news there like oh wow that happened you know and we can just kind of like yeah it definitely is kind of yeah it is helping me um you know just feel more complete in a way because I can always be somewhere where mm-hmm. yeah I'm kind of like welcomed and where it feels good to be and that's why I'm so glad like I can come home and speak my language to my mom you know my grandma but then if I get tired of that I can be like okay I'm going over to my friend's house bye <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no I think, I, it's, I, I think it's awesome yeah I think that too like what you said about having like two different lives like two different worlds that you're living in is like completely relatable to me too it's like I go home and my mom speaks to me in like a different language and then I can like understand both or like when we're at the store she can like talk to me like if we want like want to say something that's not in English and um yeah. just having that like like ability to do that and also like listening to music and stuff like I really liked having that like the two different sides yeah like having the, the comfort having... the comfort in it yeah I know it's really comforting and it's like you know like people love the feeling of nostalgia because it sends mm-hmm. you back to where you're from. So for me, that's especially like, I'm not surrounded by things that I'm from, mm-hmm. but I can go and like, that's sometimes when I'm like, oh, like, damn, I wish I could go back, you know, for like a week, you know, and see all these things. Like I, just the fact that I haven't been home first, like back to Kazakhstan, I guess this is my home now, but just the fact mm-hmm. that I haven't been there for like six years. And I'm like now thinking like, why I cannot remember really what the streets look like I would go to the mall all the time and I'm like I don't remember what stores there were and it's just so weird to me you know and just that feeling of trying to remember the things like nostalgia it just it feels really really good and warming like you know heartwarming in a way yeah it's definitely like a sense of completeness and I think it comes from just like having a community that you know like you always kind of have I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just like me personally but um in my family like we're very close obviously and like I was saying and just like having like the feeling like you're you have like a culture or, or a community that will like always have your back yeah. even if you move or whatever mm-hmm. um is, is really like special and I I know a lot of my American friends um don't necessarily have that and uh-huh. yeah and have said to me that they've like they kind of crave that in a way like that Miss sense that. of belonging yeah. yeah yeah so it's great it's great to be able to speak to languages and not only like learn another language right but just also mm-hmm. to come I don't know I think it's really cool and I always like I really respect the people that love to travel around different countries because I know people that like I have a friend who He's from Thailand, but he like I feel like he doesn't belong anywhere. He's kind of like Mr. Worldwide. So he came here, studied <laughs> here, 
And then he's like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And then he went to uh, Toronto and then he went back home and then he went to America and then he's like, oh, now I'm going to Amsterdam. I'm like, okay, wow, is, it's, it's cool. It sucks because I can't see you, but it's also like, I'm really happy for you because it's, it's an incredible opportunity to be able to experience different cultures, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also, if you're traveling by yourself, it's a big, it's a scary step, but it's a big and important step for your mental health too, because you're like, wow, I am my own person and I can do all of these great and amazing things that Mm -hmm. it would normally be scary, like to travel without people, you know? So I think that's another thing that I really respect when people do. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's like gives you a sense of confidence in yourself that you can just like figure it out. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. But okay. I think we're almost out of time. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we got 15 yeah, minutes. It was All great. Right. It was great to talk to you and like hear everything with your move and just your experience with mental health overall. Well, thank you guys for inviting me. I, I really like the questions. It's just, it's a very big topic. It's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting and important to talk about super important Mm -hmm. to talk about yeah I think the only way to like break these stigmas that come is to like make it more open to talk about so I really appreciate you coming and helping us you know take that step I appreciate you guys inviting me I'm excited for the part two of this (laughs) yeah was I supposed to say this I I don't know (laughs) secret (laughs) secret part two coming um So we wanted to just wrap it up by saying that um, we, on the Canadian Advisory of Women Immigrants website, we are Mm -hmm. listing um, a list of resources across Canada that are either free or low cost um, and that are specifically targeted towards immigrant women. So Mm -hmm. if anyone you know in your life would need any resources um Mm -hmm. you can find it on our website which is cowie that's c-a-w-i canada.com and yeah we hope that can be helpful for anyone listening um or anyone in general definitely that's great thank you for listening um (laughs) and we'll see you in the next one Yeah, the secret next one. The secret next one. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right.